Hello, ho, 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 and welcome to... God. Oh, what? Is that, that not bad? Is that bad, is it? <laughs> well, say it with a bit more gusto. All right, okay, wait a minute. No, leave that in. No, I can't, because it's too long now. <laughs> anyway, here we go, right. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, everyone. And welcome to the first of two Christmas episodes of Rusty Junk, uh, where we're going outside. I think we might be going both the films. I think we're going to do for Christmas. We'll be going outside the eighties, so we're we're giving ourselves that, that's our Christmas present to ourselves that that we're going to do that. But one of them had to be a sequel, of course. And what better film than to the sequel to that Christmas Eve of Christmas films, Die Hard Two? <laughs> um, no, it is. Well, we'll get to that in, in a moment. But anyway, it's nineteen ninety. So yes, we're one year out. One year out. Um, but starring Bruce Willis, William Atherton, Bonnie Bedelia, some of the gang from number one, a few more new people in number two. Anyway, here's the trailer. Emergencies, we are in a code yellow. Instrument landing system is down. Backup systems won't come up. Every system's dead. These guys shut us down. Attention all controllers, we have a code red alert. We just bought maybe two hours. After that, those planes low on fuel aren't going to be circled. They're going to be dropping on the White House lawn. I want every officer recalled and assembled in body armor with full weaponry in the motor pool in five minutes. It's time to kick it. Our SWAT team's gone. Well, maybe they're just a little bit more creative than you think. Start looking for a new miracle. Who the hell is this? We don't need a loose cannon on this deck. You get the hell out of my office before I throw you out of my damn airport. You're the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Story of my life. They say lightning doesn't strike twice. That's how I spent Christmas last year. They were wrong. McLean? Is this what you were expecting? Nah, this is just the beginning. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2. Die Harder. I do like that trailer. Yeah, apart from the fact it's released in June. Yeah, well, so the people who are watching on YouTube would have seen the release date was June the 29th. Yeah, well, it's... They say lightning doesn't strike twice. It, Bruce, it ends up striking five times, if you can believe it. So, yeah. But um, it's inconsistent because if it was a Christmas movie or a Christmas movie franchise, it doesn't make any sense that they would have one and two be Christmas themed and then the rest of them not be. What were there, five diehards in total? Yeah, but two were Christmassy themed. The others aren't. Still doesn't make any sense. Why? Uh, because I'm just saying it's like, they're pushing Christmas the in the second book. All right. Oh, right. Okay. okay. Well, as usual, I go last on the scorings. Who who went who went first last time? In fact, Dom, you Dom, you go first. Dom, Ma- Amanda, Joe. There we go. Well, hello, everybody. Yeah, pleasure to be back for Die Hard Two, second. Christmas film that I've done here. Um, yeah, terrific entertainment. What what a great film. Feels very much like an eighties film. I think, even if technically it's in the uh, in the nineties. And uh, as made a in the eighties. 
yeah, 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 yeah. So hence, I suppose, why it does. Yeah, so it's a standalone film. It's exactly what you want from a trip to the cinema or Friday night at the movies. It's smart, taut, well-written, decent cast and supporting cast. Does everything it says on the tin. So I suppose my only quibble would be that as a sequel, it's necessary to compare it to the original. And, you know, given that I think Die Hard, the original, is a, is a 10 out of 10, I think this does... You know, not quite compare. Um, Sags a little in the middle, maybe, but um, and no baddie can hold a candle to Alan Rickman. But still, for me, a very solid eight out of ten. Great film. Nice, excellent, Amanda. Oh, me? Uh, yeah, I agree with Tom. Actually, uh, a good film, entertaining. There's some bits in it that are a bit like, oh, it's just not going to happen. Um, we'll come on to that. Um, and then uh, I scored it an eight. Oof. I know. Joe, are you going to be the Santa Claus down the chimney or the Christmas Grinch on this one? No, I agree with uh, everybody. It's a good sequel. But like Dom said, you can't top like the, the original one. It's almost impossible. That broke the mold. Um, I think while watching it in the 80s, I enjoyed it more. I probably back then I would have given it a nine out of ten, but uh, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. So well, I don't know. That, is that, yeah. Well, you know. Well, I'm gonna just not predictably. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not going for the full full sword. This isn't Die Hard, but for for sequels, this is Lethal Weapon Two. This is good sequels. Good solid sequels to an otherwise fantastic foundation. Um, except in this particular example, the first one is a 10. I'm going to give this a nine. I'm going to give it a nine because it's just full of good. It's full of good memories. There are different versions of this film. I swear watching the, watching the version that I've got on Blu-ray is a different version to another, another copy I've got downstairs on Blu-ray. There's more swearing in it. Um, the ice picking the, the icicle in the eye still in there. But I don't remember the, the, the blood coming out of the back of the um, SWAT team. And I'm like, okay, I don't remember that bit. I do remember, I'm sorry, I know I'm going over old ground, but I'll be very quick. I do remember going and seeing Die Hard, uh, Die Hard 2 Double Bill at the Telford UCI in November. And we walked in and they played Die Hard 2 first. And we thought, they've obviously missed it. There's, we're not going to have it. Afterwards... We all got up to go, and they went, oh, no, we're putting Die Hard on it. Huh? Yeah, it makes no sense. That makes no sense. I think somebody just cocked up. But I, I, honestly, I've been trying to find some evidence of me not going mad, but I'm going to have to say it. The version I saw at the cinema was a 15. It didn't have the icicle, the, the close-up of the, the icicle. It didn't have the, It didn't have half the, three-quarters of the swearing. He was using freaking reindeer down in the freaking petting zoo right <laughs> all the time and i reckon I, I reckon i saw a cut version when it came out of the cinema and I, I can't find anything to back that up apart from my own memory but i remember going w- watching it years yeah a few years later and went what's this they all seem to be they all seem to be swearing they all seem to be there's lots of blood and guts and stuff i didn't see this before so yeah there we go maybe you just I- blocked it out 
Well, uh, yeah, but I'd like to say, oh, yeah, when it was released in, in the UK, it was a 15 and it was an 18. I wonder if anybody's... It gets me wondering if anybody saw the version we've watched. Well, it was com- Telford. Complete with everything. No, not Telford. Well, did, do, did they do that a lot over in England? Like where the No, don't, which is why versions? it's not... Yeah, which is why it's not a... They'll cut certain things. You'll see certain things that we don't. We'll see certain things that you don't. Because um, it's all depending on how they feel about it. So, you know, notoriously, the one that comes to mind is um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they had to cut the nunchucks out. So, oh, basically, geez. basically they, were, they weren't Ninja Turtles. They were Hero Turtles. Oh, Hero Turtles. I yeah, knew about because, that. They were Hero Turtles over there. Yeah. They were smacking people around with pieces of wood, the kind of things Dom yeah, and I would make. They didn't want the kids going violent in the playground. Oh, we did. We didn't. We didn't need a film to uh, to initiate violence. Just uh, anything that came to hand. School so you were the first. School. So you were the first woke people. Uh, uh, well, we I, I wasn't involved film in the industry. decision. Probably was. Dom, do you remember school fights? Do you remember when you used to fight against the other school? There was, there was nothing woke about that, was there? No, I mean, no, no that was that was the homophobic slurs that would be thrown back and forth. The, Good uh, lord, yeah. Oh, well, it wasn't don't... that. It was the um, the bullying in your school as well. It's where they'd get like the 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 lesser likely people that would retaliate, and they'd like if you if it was cold, you'd add your like duffel coat zipped up, and they'd literally wang you round the playground by your hood. Uh, wang <laughs> means throw, by the way, just for our uh, co- continental just listeners. You grab hold of your hood and like pull you all around the playground. You're like, geez, my God, that. I feel a I feel a therapy oh, session coming on. Do <laughs> <laughs> you feel just bent? You know, sweetheart, we're here for you. You know, if you need to to talk about it. Um, oh, brutal. I didn't do the bullying. And no, I no, no, get... I, I, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, you wouldn't. I didn't get like. Pull... I saw it happen though. Oh, so you just were an eyewitness and you did nothing. Oh, well, yeah, tell the teacher. You're joking, aren't you? No, well, you could have... That wasn't the worst of it, Joe, I can assure you. If, if we... you had nunchucks, you could have attacked No, them. our school had four, four, no, five floors. So the ground and then one, two, three, four. And uh, our form used to be on the top form, at uh, top level. And they used to hang people out of the window by their feet. Did they bring him back in? Eventually, yeah. Like Tango and Cash. How mental is that? But it's character forming, though, isn't it? It's not, is it? Since that sort of thing's become frowned upon, then society's crumbled, isn't it? Maybe maybe bullying played an overlooked role in society, which we've taken for granted, and... um, I say bring it back. Yeah, I say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's reintroduce it. So you think hanging people by their feet outside a window, so they're like dangling head first on the it's fifth well, floor up? Is it's it? well, it's wrong, but I'm glad nobody died. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's worth to be hung by the your feet. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Right. Well, oh God! Yeah. Put in the I forgot. We got film. We got film to cover. <laughs> what? What? Okay. I, I, I went what. to a Catholic school. I just got. Oh, I'm going to bring this up. So since we went off uh, onto a different tangent, where I used to have a bunch of nuns teaching us, and I had this fat nun called Sister Jean Marie, and she would sit behind you with a. You know what? A, uh, is it a compass or a protractor? Whatever's got the really pointy metal piece. Compass. 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 
she would stick behind you know sit behind you with the compass pointed at your ass and if you got the math problem wrong she'd stick you explains why you explains why joe is a mathematical genius i was i was i was in the math club (laughs) so so dom i think you might be onto something here threats of violence and and, were any of these nuns heart. like in a Ken Russell film, uh, or were they all fat and sadistic? You know, any twenty-something um, nuns? Joe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll take this conversation offline. And... We're going in wrong territory here. Yeah, I'll, I'll join in. I'll, I'll, too. No, they would be good villains in a Die Hard movie for sure. <gasps> but they're like the nun in uh, Blues Brothers. Yeah, uh, yeah, even worse. Oh dear. Right. Wow. Well, Just little glimpse into <laughs> childhood memories there. Yeah, I'm not going to join in. Apart from, That's apart from bring back, bring back school versus school, seventy versus seventy. <laughs> Let's go. Oh Let's god, yeah, like British Bulldog. Oh. That got banned from the playgrounds. No, I don't, we weren't playing any games. What the hell that was way. British yeah, Bulldog? That was a wrestler over here. Really? The no, WWF. No. Yeah, I remember him in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just explain what British Bulldog was. Well, this is the last thing. Honestly, if you're waiting for the film thing to come, just fast forward this like 45 seconds. British Bulldog, you had one person in, you had person in the middle, and he had to, you had to run from the one side to the other. And if you got caught, then suddenly you're in the middle, and eventually you just keep going back and forth, and then everyone gets caught. So if you imagine there's like 50 to 100 kids playing this, they're all rushing down from one end of the playground to the other, and that's yeah. where accidents happen. Mm. Or so not. that's why it got banned. <laughs> yeah, deliberates, as they're sometimes called. Yeah, tripping, stamping, stamping. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Dulles Airport, shall we? It's a uh... yeah. Do you know? I didn't realize it was Dulles. Is that actually a real place? <laughs> yeah. It's where me and Charlie used to fly into when we were uh, our ex-employer. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Is it actually real? Yeah. What's well, a real airport? I thought it was Dallas. I am. Uh, you you start to see the reason why I set up this podcast in the first place, really, aren't you? So <laughs> anyway, I, mean, I can understand her because it's a Christmas episode. Not really, because they're calling it Dulles, and there doesn't seem to be. <laughs> it seems to be. It does sound like Dallas. It does. Thank you, Joe. Are you going to edit in the sound of little jingle bells in the background? I'm going to oh, edit sorry. something in it's on my, this. My elf jumper. <laughs> I wish I could edit in tumbleweed, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) See what I have to put up with. He's terrible, isn't he? Right, let's move on. Let's go to roll call. Come on. Someone adopt me. We do. Right. So, I don't know, because last time we had a jingle for for roll call for Karate Kid. Does anyone want to do roll call? See, it is Christmas. Do you want to jingle with roll call or something? All right, then. I'll jingle. Roll call. That's actually getting the doing numbers up of nothing else. <laughs> well, yeah, it's become suddenly rocketed to two thousand. <laughs> what, what what is the secret? <laughs> Amanda, jingle bells. Don't have Amanda say moonlighting. <laughs> oh god! Right, well we're here. Uh, Bruce Willis. Then <clears throat> oh, we done it quite. We well we did Bruce Willis. Oh, in fact, no, you weren't here for Die Hard last year. Who? You weren't. Me? Yeah. Oh, that's why it's not in my book. Right. But so, <laughs> Bruce, memories of Bruce Willis? You got highlights? Uh, blind date? 
Oh, good choice. That's a good. If you started with the memory, his first ever proper film role. Yeah. Yeah, got I like Blind Date. It's got everything. It's got a drunk Kim Bassinger in it. Perfect. Yep. Never uh, seen it. Right. What else? Uh, was it in any of the Look Who's Talking? Movies? Yes, he was. It was the voice of the baby, wasn't he? Yeah, and two weeks after Die Hard came out, Look Who's Talking came out. Oh. So he had two films in the top ten. Wow, quids in then. Yeah, one is a one is a baby, and the other one is a. Uh, uh, a Los Angeles cop now, as he is in this. He's not a New York cop. Um, anything else? Anything else uh, brings to mind? Oh, uh, something with Scout in the title. Ooh, this is, look at this. She's really Getting good. near the bullseye. Is it Last Boy Scout? That's right, wow. yeah. That's, there you go. That's amazing. Wonderful. I would think I'd have researched this. I haven't, clearly. Oh, no, Mum's FaceTiming me. Okay. Yeah, we um, have to pause it. No, Text no, her back. So, carry on. I'll just mute. You've missed okay, all right. Well... Right, That'll do. Be quick. I can't remember anything else anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, joy. Well, um, anybody else before we get into the into well, the list? Nice to miss his two best films, I think. Uh, surely, number one, Pulp Fiction. No, absolutely, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a film. Um, and I think, um, yeah, still popular but underrated, 12 Monkeys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one yeah. too. Um, Joe, I think I know what you're going to say. Oh yeah, and I said I hinted at moonlighting. Right. I mean, I think that went over everybody's head because when you did your jingle bells, yeah, I, I didn't think she gonna, was going to sing. I didn't think she was going to sing that. But yeah, I, if she would have said moonlighting, she would have mooned the audience. Very good. Very good. Let's get some of that second bottle and. Uh... Yeah, just one more. <laughs> no, one more glass. Probably a half more glass now. Oh my god, my mum's amazing. Uh... Uh, um, fifth element. I thought you were going to say. Oh, God, oh, I forgot yes. all about that. Jeez. Yeah, you're the one that, that showed me and said, oh, I've got it in 4K on this wonderful TV. And No, he's done a lot. I'm sure, well, you can basically tell us what we've been missing because I'm sure there's a ton of other movies that he's done. Well, let's go. To, I'm just going with the highlights, to be to be honest. Isn't the one where he's a pilot? Pilot. Uh, nope. Swimming Hawk? Oh, oh Hudson, Hudson. Hudson Hawk, which I'm about to say, one of my favourite films. Hudson Hawk. I'm okay. one of the ten people in the universe that like that film. Oh, well done. But it's so I don't know I don't know how to describe it apart from Bruce Willis is in it. Um, oh, and there are okay. other people that were in Die Hard too. Oh, Six Sense. Well. Six Sense. Yeah. You're so good. Unbreakable, Joe. How did you not get Unbreakable? I don't know. I just wasn't thinking. It's three o'clock around here, four o'clock here. Yeah, but not in the morning. I mean, it's like no, you know, but it's uh, tea time. We need also... feeding. Uh, but yeah, those are all great movies. I mean, it, it by you guys saying the names of all the movies, it makes me realize he was. It was a pretty good movie star. He really was. Look, he's talking one and two, striking distance, where he played a cop that lived on the river and he was after a serial killer. That was really good. Um. He was in, I put in there, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. He was in a cameo for about yeah, seven minutes, uh, no, seven, eight seconds, something like that. Um, let's not forget Sin City. He was incredible in that. Everyone was oh, incredible. Yeah. That was film, that, wasn't it? Yeah. Man, I... However, to, to give some balance, his career did tail off quite badly after Sin City, really, didn't it? <clears throat> he was... Um... I did it, did it, because we got Planet Terror in there, so we got another Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. We've got but Red, he, and we've think, got The Expendables. 
what, what was subsequent yeah but you know we're on a bit of a downward slope there i think from some of the earlier highs and um and, and he's now retired hasn't he with it with a degenerative illness that prevents yeah. him from acting but maybe with hindsight there was a a little bit of that in some of his latter career anyway perhaps would we class him as a as a movie as a film star because i think we no see i think i the movie star would you class arnie as a arnie as a films no arnie's no. a movie star so a film star implies an actor don't you think like yes. uh, and, and these guys are more yeah know, enjoyable but um entertainment movies aren't they the one thing about him <clears throat> like from over here in this country is that everybody wanted to be him i mean they just fell in love with the guy when he was in moonlighting and then he oh, went on moonlight is just so good it's so hard to transition from TV to movies, but yeah. he was able to do it. He was lucky that he got such good roles in it uh, in his career. But damn, like when you compare like the '80s stars, like you mentioned Schwarzenegger and Stallone, none of us could be them, but we could always be Bruce Willis, and we wanted to be Bruce Willis. He was always the coolest guy in the room, and he he really did have a, a lot of fans back in the day he was like the boy next door though wasn't he because he wasn't like mm-hmm. overly muscly he wasn't like you know drop dead gorgeous baldies, no. one for his baldies to yeah uh... that's it so, <laughs> yeah yeah you I, had I hair think... when i first met you <laughs> not much but yeah you had hair i just think he was that kind of you know attainable appeal potentially yeah, he was the guy you wanted to hang out with for guys. Mm. And for the girls, he was the guy you wanted to bang with. I had to try to rhyme it, you know. <laughs> but that's why that's why Die Hard works so well. Because he's not Arnie. He's just he's just a cop that knows cop stuff and isn't afraid to get, you know, roll his sleeves up and, and do it. I mean, I do like the, the line from the trailer. You're the wrong place, wrong, uh, wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you think, well, yeah, that's pretty much the thing. That's it's diehard, yet again. But I mean, yeah, it's it's good. It's really it's good. Turning to Bruce Love Fest. Just to be clear, for the record, Army Bruce. You know, they're both good, but I'm I'm putting mm. Army on a pedestal. No, I don't know. I I think there's a cigarette paper between them. I think it's I would like, rather so watch Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I think Terminator Two tops all of Bruce Willis's movies. Sorry. Ooh. Well, uh, but no, his roles in those movies. I'm not going to say Pulp Fiction because I love that movie. I do, I, and he was he was great in that. You know. Mm. But... Well, can I just point out that if uh, we don't cover insurance on this on this podcast, so just in case you were holding something and it was glass, and Joe <laughs> said that Terminator Two was better than Die Hard, if you've dropped something and somebody's got injured, I do apologise, but we have no. I'd coverage. rather watch Terminator Two than Die Hard. I'm oh, sorry. I think, I think there's a debate to be had. Uh, what? I'll... Well, there's a link, isn't there? Terminator 2 and Die Hard. Ah, yes, there is, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is it? The actor. Oh, Robert Patrick. Yeah, of course. There you go. Yeah, well, mind I've got it written down. It's on the other page, though. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I thought she was providing a link. No, no, no. no. Well, we can do it. You know what? Get... I thought it was so well choreographed. That we can skip to Robert Patrick. Practice that. Uh, okay, here's, here's one for you quiz fans. Um, Robert Patrick also played Terminator or the T the T one thousand in another film. Exact same role in a different film. Oh, I know what that one was. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Wayne's World? Nope. It was okay. a Schwarzenegger film. If you want a bit of a... Cool, oh, uh, Last Action Hero? Last Action Hero. Oh. <laughs> Where he goes into, he goes into the... When he goes to the police station, he sees Robert Patrick walk out and Sharon Stone come out dressed as Catherine Tramell from Basic Instinct like the cigarette. And you're like, this, this is pretty cool. Um, Robert Patrick, Striptease, Demi Moore, um, Copland, which I watched a few weeks ago. Let's hold the brakes for a second. Who was he in this movie? He was the... Uh, where the SWAT team commander went. Hey, what do I look like to you? He goes, a silly duck. Yeah, it, it was that scene oh, in the film where everything else had been like military precision, and then they ambushed them in the most uh, like likely way to get shot up themselves. You're like a sitting duck. Well, ditto could have been his dying words. <laughs> with a machine gun, but yeah, that, that, that it was that scene on the what was it called, the Skywalk or something? Annex Skywalk, yeah. Annex, yeah. I must uh, have missed him. I mean, I knew he no, was in the movie, but no, no, no. Well, you go back and watch that scene on the on the conveyor belt. Uh, we've got him in the faculty, uh, where all the teachers were aliens. It's quite a good film, actually. It's about ninety ninety nine, I think that was. Uh, he was in the X Files. So he took over from David Duchovny and became the agent in the X Files. Hey, yeah, for the last that. last two seasons, he was in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Uh, again, a cameo. Uh, was he also... six seconds as well? No, I think he was about two minutes. Oh, I think that's about he's it. Cheaper then. Uh, he's in a he successfully in something called the Unit. I don't know if you've ever watched that, Joe. No, I've heard but, of it. And then Scorpion, which I used to watch, which is about all gifted kids, and he used to basically hire them to do do work. Anyway, uh, William Atherton, um, Dom, I'm coming to you first. Just give me one moment. Ah. Oh. So, William Atherton, um, the oh, reporter. Uh, Thornburg. Dick Thornburg. Oh, him. Yeah. So, do you know? Do you know? I was going to ask Dom. Uh, what? No, I have no idea what he was in, other than Die Hard. William Atherton, we still on. Yep. He's the. One saving grace in the otherwise risable uh, real genius, isn't he? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Professor Hathaway, yes. Um, he's in Die Hard 1 and 2, obviously. Uh, Joe, anybody? Can I go for the, uh, the other? I've only got two other films on here, really. I don't know. Well, I'm just looking. He was in Real Genius? Yeah. He's a professor. Oh, that movie. He's brilliant. Oh, that, that not whole a, not a fan. Just got it on 4K. It's wonderful. <laughs> Yes, it's like they're they're probably all excited at the production company. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of love for that film, Joe. Oh, love. Um, okay, well, if no one's going to mention it, then Walter Peck from Ghostbusters. Hey, there's yeah, the guy that tries to shut shut down the uh, shut what down the. Dom said that. Did you? Oh, I do apologize. Sorry, man. Tom, did you say Ghostbusters? I was. I had a child running into my room asking if she could have some cow pulse. I've just wanted to sort herself out. And, uh, okay. Hopefully she's not going to OD. I'm just going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the one syringe. Some shaky parenting going on here. So yeah, he is in Ghostbusters, but I thought you'd have already said that. So okay, no, no. And then Biodome with Paulie Shaw. Oh, I the Mighty Four. Oh, cow pulse, great stuff though. It is. Bonnie Bedelia, his wife. I'll chase with my uh, with my scotch. 
answer. Let, let, let's see where that takes the evening, yeah. Um, Bonnie Bedelia. She didn't do anything else, really, apart from um, Die Hard 1 and 2. She always sucked. I never liked her. Really? Was that the lady reporter? No, no it's his wife. wife. Oh. Bruce Willis could have done so much better. And didn't she dump him? She dumped him in the first movie. She didn't did. she dump him in the third or fourth movie? Yes, she dumped him in the third, yeah. After all the crap that this guy did for her, she should be his slave for life. You know? <laughs> steady, yeah. steady. Careful with that. Uh, that I am sorry, yeah. but it's true. He saved her twice, at least twice, and their I know. kids. It is a bit, yeah, it does seem a bit mean. I forgot yeah, what, what else they... does he have to do? Yeah. Washing yeah. up, laundry. Yeah, but I wonder at the end of the film. I know we're skipping here a bit, but she says to him, "Why does this keep happening to to John?" Oh, I heard there was some problem at the airport, and he goes, "Yeah, I heard that too." He's in the middle of the runway, looks all busted up. I, I think you would assume he's been involved in some way, mm-hmm. rather than oh, I've just walked over. So I saw you plane landing, so I just walked yeah, over there. Yeah, apart from the fact he's like half his face is covered in blood, he's got like loads of injuries and yeah. like covered in. She doesn't know, instantly make that jump whatever. based on, well, I don't know, something that happened a couple of years ago. But anyway. Yeah, uh, like it how might much, be because he's not he in lose? a vest. <laughs> maybe. What? The, you know, maybe the vest. The, uh, maybe, maybe the vest. But you look at all the blood that he's lo- lost in the first two movies. I mean, I don't know how that guy survives. Oh, I was still reeling from listening to Dom when I was, I'd listened back to the, the last podcast we did, Karate Kid. And Dom's going, nobody's, nobody's taking a taking account for John Kreese on the floor has lost about two bites of blood from his lacerated hands. <laughs> Mate, that just ma- did make me chuckle. That's good. Good, good pod that last one, isn't it? At least we've got some action in this film, though, unlike the Karate Kid. That was good <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, I'll watch Karate Kid 3. If you think he gets his ass kicked in Karate Kid 2, blimey, he barely gets his punch in in, in 3. Perhaps Karate Kid 4 could take place in a British school. He could just get bullied. <laughs> and so he could be dangled from his ankles from the fifth floor. And, uh, <laughs> he's, he's lost all his skills by that stage. <laughs> or he becomes a British bulldog. <laughs> British bulldog. Oh, dear. Look at his coming full circle. This is uh, <laughs> incredible. Um, Reginald Val Johnson, um, Al, Al Powell, his mate that he was talking to on the radio in Die Hard 1, who rings up to use his fax machine. Um, oh, he's eating the Twinkies. Yeah, he's eating the Twinkies. Yeah, he's Twinkies. Well, he's, it's Twinkies all the way. What are, so, right, hang on. I don't know what they are. Joe, what are Twinkies? Horrible. Joe. They're Hostess, uh, I guess, cakes, where it's got vanilla filling in a uh, yellow sort of cake. I never had one in my life because I just I had like one when I came over because I had to, because I die hard. I only had one. In fact, I only had half. Vanilla. Yeah, there's vanilla vanilla cream in the middle, and it's like a yellow cake on the outside, you know. It's, and it's, it's in a wrapper, and it's in it, and it's just left yeah. on the shelf for ages. And you it, make it, Cadbury's, Cadbury's cream eggs seem sour by comparison. They're like that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sweet on, the, on, the, on the scale of sweetness. Yeah. Oh my god! Right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Reginald Vell Johnson, um, he was the limo driver in Crocodile Dundee. That's his only real mm. other claim to fame. No, that's uh, not true. Over here, he's huge for Family Matters. He's mostly known for, for Family Matters. Okay. It's a TV show. Urkel, you guys never heard of that? It's about a, it's a situation comedy about a black family. And uh, he's the father. 
and he's got uh, you know children, you know boy, girl. But their next door neighbor is a is a nerd named Urkel. Uh, it was huge over here. It was unbelievable. Anyway, what, bigger but, than the Cosby Show? Uh, not as big as the Cosby Show, but it was close. I would say it was pretty oh, damn okay, close. Cool. Um, well, okay, we 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 didn't get that one, but. Uh, Crocodile Dundee. I think he's great in Crocodile Dundee, but I do have to point out the only other thing that I was going to mention is a film I didn't know existed until three months ago when I went to a party and one of our friends went, have you ever seen um, The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee? I went, the heck's that? He went, oh, it's Paul Hogan now being tried to be brought back for Netflix for a Crocodile Dundee they're all in the Netflix meeting and went, oh, you've got yeah. a great idea. We're going to make Crocodile and D3. And he goes, what's already been made? <laughs> He's like, really? Has it? Oh, uh, okay. We'll think of something else. He puts, the story is, it's preposterous. You'll probably never watch it again. But the story is, he's going to be knighted by the queen. <laughs> and he he's has dead. to come over to be knighted. But all of these things happen and all of them scupper the, the possibility that he could get knighted. And he looks very old. It's not a film that you'll watch more than once, but once you've watched it, you'll go, I'm glad I watched that. Let's put it that way. That's very weird, strange I bet, way to... I bet he's like, well, like, leathery as well. Well, isn't leathery. He? Well, leathery. Um, very, what, very... What twist is Prince Andrew has to do it in the end? And, uh, yeah, it's not a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike many of Prince Andrew's experiences, allegedly. So, um... Franco Nero, Colonel uh, Esperanza. Um, not a lot. Who is he? Uh, Sorry. That's, that's well, not true. I'm going to say not a lot. Um, can I just say that he's... Um, uh, let, no, let me get this right, because he's the... The general, General Esperanza, is from Valverde, a fictitious Latin country. Amanda, why is that... What film is that also from that we covered? Uh, Iron Eagle. No. In Commando. Oh. Commando, it's exactly the same place. Oh, that, oh okay. And you're supposed oh, to you're supposed to believe Commando. <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed to believe that this this whole is all part of one big ecosystem. So Bruce Willis and John Arnold Schwarzenegger's John Matrix existed in the same place. Hmm. Yeah. Which is a bit odd. Try not to think about it too much. Well, I got to say, so you're missing out on one of his famous roles. He's Django. I was going to say the three roles I've got are Cast Two, Django Unchained, and John Wick and John Wick Two. But he was Django before Django. He was the original Django. Was he? Was he? Okay, I missed that. Yeah. Sack the researcher. When was Sorry. that made then? Uh, probably in the sixties. You know, there's a couple of movies that they did. You know. It was, like a western and the guy was named Django but that's why he was in the movie it was a cameo because it was Django Unchained he was at the bar you know when um, the the two slaves were fighting and all that Um, just a quick cameo oh cool Mm. Um, I think he's a weak link in this film but we'll get to that I think out of the you know acting I think he's the weakest well, my issue with him is how the hell did he survive with a hole in the window during a blizzard and he can't flying, and he's flying like 20,000 feet in the air? He would have been sucked out, first of all, and he would have froze to death at the bare minimum. 
Okay. Well, moving on. William Sadler. Anyone? Who he? Colonel Stewart. Who he? Yeah. <laughs> Who he? Uh, is he the one that's naked at the start of the that's film? That's right. That's right. Sorry, my mind just went to that instantly. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. give you a clue. One, one of his lines from his other films is... Oh, God. <laughs> go on, go on, I know it. Don't patronise me with a asshole. <laughs> hey, he watched I missed it. that one. Oh. Do you want to tell him which film it is? Tell him Ted. Yeah, he plays Death. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, he plays Death? Yeah. yeah. Don't patronise me with a asshole. <laughs> That's two out of three. Damn right. <laughs> See, I would have got it if you would have said, you're sunk my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but he was in one of my favorite movies, which, again, people Hard say... Hard to Kill. No. All oh, right, okay. With Steven Seagal. Shawshank Redemption. Yes, very yeah, good. he was in that. That is that is one of my favorite movies, but it's not that one. It's Rocket Man. What, the new one? No. No, there was a movie called Rocket Man. I think it came out in the nineties. Yeah, I saw that, and I thought I don't even know what that is. So I didn't. I some movies you just like and you find hysterical because everyone else I've shown that movie they hate it. But yeah, it's about like a team that goes to Mars, um, and it's a comedy, and it's I I love it. I I think it's really funny. But he plays his role serious. He's like the captain of the astronauts. But I always remember him. Anytime I see a movie, I just think of Rocket Man. Anyway, okay. you don't have to watch that movie because you'll probably just curse at me because say that it sucks. Well, but... probably better than the Elton John version, uh, Elton John film. But anyway, uh, I've got him as Hard to Kill. He played the corrupt senator alongside Stephen Seagal. It's uh, in Tales from the Crypt, Shawshank Redemption, uh, The Mist, which probably has the bleakest ending to any film that I've ever seen, ever. Um. He was also in the TV show Damages. He was the president in Iron Man 3, the one that was put in Iron Patriot at the end. Really? Yeah. Up at the end. Yep. Uh, he was also in a TV series, which I didn't watch, called Power. Uh, and he did return as death for Bill and Ted Face the Music. So, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, well, I've watched... Based on your opinion, Joe, I've never watched it. I want to... Dom, have you seen it? The, the last Bill and Ted one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I have. Yeah, I was a fan of that series. Um, uh, that's why I didn't watch it, because I was a fan of the series. Okay. But, uh, what do we think about him? Because he's, I thought he's a good actor, but he just suffers in comparison to Alan Rickman. That's that's his... Yeah, well, you're not going to get Alan Rickman's platinum level. I mean, he's just, you know... I mean, I can't wait to watch Die Hard. I, I'm looking at the train, train, train strikes to see if I can go and actually watch it with the selection of wine. I think I told you, the, the showing they're doing in Birmingham. They bring you wine throughout different wines throughout the film. I'm like, yeah, I'll go and watch Die Hard in that that uh, situation. Maybe any, people will be is shouting there any out. Correlation in the part of the film, depending on the type of wine that they bring out. And no, I think it's just yeah. It's I just, to, uh, we finished somebody, that one. Now you can somebody's have this just one. got th- shot through a table and, and lost lost half of his limbs. Here's a nice Cabernet Sauvignon. So yeah, this fits very well. A Pinot Noir actually probably at that time, but still, it's not getting to me. I will did want to say I will agree with uh, Amanda. He looked pretty good naked, that guy. I, wow! And that's come from a straight man. It was okay. It's quite. Well, quite it was uh, okay. Quite bony, toned, wasn't he? It's not my type. It was bony though. Not really. Oh. He had a nice bottom. Right. Yeah, I was going to say it. I wouldn't mind having his ass. Right. Moving on. 
Spit that out for in the, the proper way. Yeah. In the proper <laughs> way. <laughs> don't take that out of context. <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, John Amos. Uh, I forgot his name. The guy of the terrorist counter-terrorist unit. Grant. Grant. Thank you. Uh, started in the TV series Hunter, which is was good. It was very good. Um, he was also the prison guard in Lock Up with Sylvester Stallone. But he's probably most famous for coming to America and coming to America. Um, I, I, wrong. I, hmm? wrong. Wrong. He's most famous for good times over here. The chickens, this again. <laughs> right, okay. The chickens is good times. Yeah, go on. What is it? No, good times was like one of the first black sitcoms right. that was made over here. It ran for many, many seasons. Everybody knew the characters in good times especially jj was the most popular one it was a great show it was a fun show is it better than the cosby show uh it's no No, it was was depressing no but i'm just saying yeah i mean but anyway he was great you know he was the father james okay for all of the people that don't live in the u.s that listen to this podcast and i know where you are because i get to see where you've God, that sounds creepy. I know, I know where you're listening <laughs> I from. I know what country you. you're listening from. That's about it. That's <laughs> as far as I get. Um, but I watched Coming to America in the background this morning, and that's that film holds up. That ha- that film is great. I did make the mistake of once I'd finished work of sticking on Coming to America the sequel, and I can honestly say that Dom, you're absolutely 100% spot on when you told me to skip it. I don't think I've ever seen an idea with established characters work so badly in my life. It is that bad. Really? Because I haven't seen it. Because I thought we were going to watch that together. Oh, dear. It it had its moments, but it didn't have. Well, in the first 45 minutes, it's got nothing, Joe, apart from embarrassing set pieces, incomprehensible threads. Oh, shocking. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I should listen to you more, Dom. I will. Right. We got any more on roll call? This yeah, is like... a little bit more. Right. So we're going to go Dennis Franz, uh, Carmine. He was in NYPD Blue and Hill Street Blues, which I loved. Uh, <clears throat> Fred Thompson, who plays Trudeau, the guy in charge of the, uh, uh, the airport. Uh, Days of Thunder. He's also in Hunt for Red October. Cape Fear. Where- he was a he was a U.S. senator. Was he there? Okay, yeah. for real. Yeah, I, I think he was mostly a U.S. senator. Yeah, yeah. okay. That was on a match at the time. Jay yeah, was, um, you know, full on senator for ten years um, and ran for um, Republican Party presidential candidate as well. So it's no wonder he looks so oh, wow. Okay, authority figure in the, in the roles he often portrays. It's good in this. It's good in this. Uh, he's also in Iron Eagle Three. <laughs> Yeah, and Law and Order, uh, which I, I don't watch. think he aimed high enough. I think he's a quality actor who does he is. gravitas mm. to the role. He could have, you know, he could have won Oscars. I think if he'd applied himself a bit more, perhaps. I know mean, he had a politics career too, but um, you know, he, with a, with a better director and a different sort of film, uh, he could have. Well, sky's the limit, really. Bit, what, yeah, he, no, I agree with you. Know, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, Don Harvey. Uh, I've forgotten his name in the film, but he's the one that uh, puts his hand over the camera and says. Um, Oh, I forgot what he says now, the famous line. No pictures, you pinko bitch. Whatever. Um, so, Stuart's number two in the film. 
uh, the one that passes the presents underneath the table and says, you know, carry out your uh, carry out your duties. Um, he was in Casualties of War. He's quite a good actor. He was also in the, in the Untouchables. Uh, but he was in Hudson Hawk. He played a character called Stickers. Um, he was in Tank Girl, Taken 3. And he played the limo driver in Better Call Saul. Don't know. Which I don't the, watch which, it. Uh, season? It didn't say. Just said the limo driver. It was in three episodes, so I assume it was an arc rather than a recurring. Because I'm on season three at the minute. Okay. And I can't remember him. Well, when you see a limo driver, you'll go, oh, wait a minute. I know where you're from. Uh, last two, uh, last one, and then quickly into the director. John, I never know how to pronounce it. Leguizamo? Leguizamo. Leguizamo? Yeah. Uh, he was the he was in Madonna's Borderline video. That's where he started his career. Uh, he was also in Casualties of War again. Michael J. Fox, Sean Penn. Uh, he was Luigi in Super Mario Brothers. Uh, executive decision. He was Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann remake. How varied is this? Yeah, uh, he played Spawn, the cartoon character, the demonic cartoon character. Uh, demonic. Well, he, he didn't play character. Spawn. He played the villain in Spawn. Oh, I thought he played. Oh, okay. Um, are you ready for this? He played Sid in Ice Age, all of the Ice Age films. So he voiced Sid. Oh. Uh, he was in Kick-Ass 2, John Wick 1 and 2. He was in The Mandalorian. Oh, very um, varied career then. Yeah. And he was also Bruno in Encanto. But we didn't talk about him. Oh, thank you. I was waiting for somebody to... Uh... <laughs> and then lastly, just to have a quick look at the director, Rennie Harlan cuts his, cuts his teeth on Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is making the adventures of Ford Fairlane and they see the early detail the early dailies of Ford Fairlane and they say can you come and direct this film and both films came out at the same time I'm a huge fan I mean a huge fan of the adventures of Ford Fairlane if anyone watched it these days and basically you'd make it to about two or three minutes and then you go what is this it's so offensive but my goodness I had happy memories of that film Andrew Dice Clay yes uh, he also st- uh, directed Cliffhanger, uh, The Longest Good Night, and Deep Blue Sea, which, as a Jaws aficionado, I can say passes the shark test. It's a good shark movie. It's not the best. Was he married isn't. to Gina Davis? He was, which hence the Longest Good Night. Uh, and uh, Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat, yeah, but nobody watched that. That's got Matthew Modine in it. Nobody watched that, Joe. <laughs> Anyway, right, that's roll call. That's that oh over. Gosh, that was a marathon. It was a little bit, but so let's talk about the first bit of the film. What do we think about the setup, the whole premise, the terrorists, <laughs> the you know, the luggage, installing the thing? What do you think about <laughs> executing the plan? Well, how do we how do we like the start of this film? Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Well, I, I, Bueller? I think it was well written and you know but the big problem like i know dom had said is that it it's hard when we compare it to the original die hard die hard started the whole thing like when um you know seagal started making movies what was that movie that he made um where he was a chef under siege under siege yeah they said it was on under siege was was die hard on a ship and there was, the, I guess, that's that uh, that one word. Like, there's so many things that you see now. Like when Rock, do, the Rock does a movie, it's like, oh, that's Die Hard uh, with the Rock, or you know, it's a genre. Executive decision was with Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal was called um, Die Hard on a Plane. 
Well, this is Die Hard at an airport, you know. Yeah, basically, and I guess they're allowed to do that since it is Die Hard. But uh, it, it's tough to come up with a a good sequel. It was decent, don't get me wrong, but while I was watching this movie, I kept thinking they really dropped the ball with the character John McClane and Bruce Willis because he really could have been the James Bond of this country because he was so good, he was so likable. He uh, he wasn't perfect. He was always getting shot. He was always falling through windows. And I think he would have just been so much better. But I I think the third one was well received over here. But it just didn't feel like Die Hard to me. It felt more like a Scooby Doo movie because like they were going after trying to find clues and all that. And then the fourth and the fifth one, I never even bothered watching it. It just didn't seem like Die Hard, but it's. I just felt while watching this movie, what a missed opportunity. They didn't push John McClane more. Like within, I don't know how far apart the sequels took place. Like how long it took them to fill between sequels, but he could have been a really, really popular character. Like he would. I, I think if you look back, like say you go back uh, or go into the future, like a hundred years from now, and people look at films, they can put him up there with John Wayne. As a as a character that that people knew, and as like an American icon, it's just like I just wish he had a couple of more good Die Hard movies in his belt. Was it was it the character that was the problem? Was it the settings? I did think that the airport detracted a little bit. You know, the skyscraper, big as it is, it felt more claustrophobic. It felt more contained. There was not not the start necessarily, but in the middle of the film, certainly a bit of him running around in those underground tunnels and things, which is like getting him from A to B. And, you know, wasted time. I didn't think it was as taut um, and scripted as the uh, as the first one, but that, that's more the setting than than the character. Yeah, I thought he just had so much charisma in this one, and he did in the first one, of course. It's just, yeah, the story could have been a little better, like you said. I'll, I'll throw Charlie a bone here and say that I did feel it was more Christmassy than the first one, which just happened to be set at Christmas. I thought, you know, there were there were choirs, there was a bit of snow. Charles, so yes, well, I did send the um, the link to you on the WhatsApp about Die Hard being a Christmas film, and uh, apparently, all the references that make a Christmas film it kicks the behind of Miracle on 34th Street. And I'm like, yeah, it's it goes into Carol's references to Christmas and so on, and it's just there's loads. So, Die Hard is definitely a Christmas film. Let's just end that, and this is a Christmas film as well. None of the others are, um, but yeah. <laughs> Problems, all apologies, uh, listeners. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I liked, uh, I liked to see it when they. Um, one of the things I like about both the first two diehards is, you know, it's well edited. It kind of paces. It gets you from A to B pretty efficiently. And uh, when they took over that church near the site uh, near the start, and um, and the caretaker laments, it kind of feels like a piece of me is dying with this church. And uh, he says, "Well, you're certainly right about that." Bang between the eyes. I thought that was uh, that was a nice little moment. I thought it was pretty brutal. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, no, no fucking. You need that though. You don't want, you don't want them hard, that, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want them to have pillow fights. Yeah. After last week's trip to Japan, when we saw them, you know, uh, <laughs> and everything that involved, it was nice to get someone shot between the eyes in in the first few minutes, and then the first major shootout <laughs> in the luggage replaying uh, after 12 minutes is brilliant there were bullets flying everywhere i mean they're granted they're terrible shots all of them but uh... yeah <laughs> yeah uh i do like the idea that the woman that 
A, how she got a taser on the plane. Oh, and, God, yeah. I was just and B, how she that. can say out loud. Why would you tell a stranger that? Why would you go, yeah, I tried it on my dog. Poor thing limped for, you know, She was jacked weeks. upon champagne. Yeah, but you, you don't go, hey, hi, everyone. I mean, the marshals would be on you these days. It would be on, end on the floor and you'd have, like, plastic plastic things and you'd be, you know, around your, around your wrists. So um, I have a, I have a But she's fine question. with telling her that. Was that taser the same taser that was in Batman Returns? Because it did look oh, that like puts it. The, that she puts to Christopher Walken's. Yeah. Where she kisses him at the end. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, yes, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's, the same, it. oh, it's the same gun. So the same gun he's using is the same gun from Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2. They just swap. They use the same prop between them. So that's the exact same gun that Martin Riggs uses. Is the exact same one that John McClane has. Oh yeah. But well, you should you shouldn't express surprise. We did we only just we only talked about it two podcasts ago. But yeah. Was this a was this a Fox movie? Uh yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. No, I'm just saying Batman was Warner Brothers, but no, it's probably a popular taser that they had back then, but it was a giant one. It looked like a cat, you know, like that's why Catwoman was using it. Right. Kind okay. Of. But anyway, I thought that but might the have been tasers are available. Yes. I do think the whole planning, I do think the characters, I think you're right, Dom. It's, you know, we are, we're treated to, we're treated to some bit, a bit of exposition. You don't need too much in films like this. It was quite exposition heavy, wasn't it? There was a lot of news channels happened to be tuned to the right story at the right moment. <laughs> the yeah, what the hell was that? <laughs> and everyone was watching it as if it was like, you know, prime time, you know, the OJ, uh, the OJ trial. I was like, not everyone would have it on. No, some complex but, congressional deal in, involving but, the leader. Wait a minute, who who had it on? He had it on in his TV room when doing his naked yoga. He had it on in the church. She had it on in the car rental place. And the first woman that he went to see to talk talk about something, and she looks to one side, and there's the monitor with it all on. I'm like, this isn't. <laughs> Statistically, you would be all be watching different things. At one stage, they were, they were one step away from getting finger puppets out to explain what was going on, and the, uh, and the guy flying in from, from Valverde. So yeah, it was. Um, yeah, he's about to fly in, and yeah. exposition heavy. I felt. Well, I I do wonder when some minor annoyances. There was one door between the main concourse and getting end into the actual airport and on the runway. One door, which turns out quite easy to, you know, easy to open. It's not like a sealed door or anything like that. It's, oh, can you open it? Yeah, I've got this badge. All right. Oh, if we're talking about doors then. Well, we were, but yeah, okay. The crowds, the hordes that were able to get into the air control tower. Yeah, where about? was the... Because there was an access panel on there, so... They, so everyone up, just seemed to be coming in and helping John themselves. John Up pops the journalist. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering who's roll. controlling this. Jeez. Yeah, I, I think it could have opened a little better, like where we kind of could have seen maybe a little glimpse of the first Die Hard movie and then see, like... Uh, how he became famous because it seems everybody knew who the hell he was when they, he was in the airport mm. you know maybe you've gotten like uh, a medal from the president or something like that for so many people to know who he was 
Even the terrorists knew who he was once the wait, bad, wait, uh, wait, wait a minute. The only people what? that know who he was was Colonel Stewart, and then he had to be reminded later on in the film. Ah, oh, John McClane, that the, the hero of the Nakatomi, and they're like, so he didn't recognize him. The, the only person that the only person that recognizes him is one reporter. He's walking around in an airport. There should be statistically be at least twenty people going. Captain Lorenzo knew who he was. Aren't you the guy from... Why, well, he's a cop. It'd get around in cop circles, wouldn't it? Uh, cop circles? Well, no, That's he's walking people. through. He's going That's to the... crop circles. Right, you know, he has to reach... Circles. When his pager goes off and he has to go to get to the phone and he beats somebody that's coming to it as, as well, that person should go, oh, I'm really sorry, Mr. McClade. You're a national hero. I'm really... Of course you can use the phone. Yeah. What was I thinking? There's nothing like that. Nobody recognises him. And, right, okay, you know when he takes the fingerprints... Of the the guy that is shot that's in the body bag, he's sending them by fax. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> the graininess of a fax, yeah. even the most loveliest produced in nineteen nineties faxes image, as well, uh, never really got received in as it as it was sent in the same quality. So how on earth? Even though he said, I've ringed the worlds, how on earth could you use that to then identify something in a national computer for fingerprints? If that's the case, then your computer is not very good. (laughs) But it, well, well, the writers are sat there drumming the fingers going, how are we going to get Powell back in? How are we going to get his mate back in? Well, I don't know. It's to send him something to look at. How about fingerprints? Well, fingerprints don't work over a fax. I'll just do it. It's fine. It'll work. It's fine. Nobody will spot it out. Maybe somebody might spot it in a podcast 32 years later. What happened to it? Why couldn't they shoehorn Argyle back into it? The the show for sure. Oh, yeah. That's what was missing. Yeah, Argyle. (laughs) And um, when when they eventually, like, obviously shut down the runway and, and converted the traffic through their um, their uh, supplementary systems, um, the bad guys. Um, this is exactly when your business continuity goes wrong. A, you've been hacked, and B, you've got no backup systems in yeah. order to, to recover. And then they've thought about all the other possibilities that you could, you, you could potentially tap into, and they've even ambushed you to see if you would actually go and use the alternative method the radio control tower just like it's almost like they're from the military you could port that in today's society for business continuity and like being ransomware and attacked and stuff Uh, yeah I mean again if if this is an airport that they use around Washington DC they should like you said have a backup plan they should have Mm. backup generators they could have gotten like a line of fire trucks to be the runway, you know, to, and just light them up or they put couldn't have Christmas done that. lights on them. They couldn't have done and I, I, and I know you're going to say, why didn't they do the same thing as they did at the end, at the start, and put petrol everywhere or blow up a couple of vehicles they don't need so that at least people can triangulate it? It's because the terrorists would have retaliated. They couldn't do anything. How would they retaliate? Because they would be able to see, because they're in the church next door. I know, but what would they do? What, how would they retaliate? Crash some more planes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But if the the planes were coming down and they saw those lights that the uh, 
airport personnel and the you know and the police put down, they would know something was up. Ah, uh, there'd been no film then, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, suddenly, yeah. That's true. You're, you're right, though. I, I, that, that's the sort of thing I would have picked up. But yeah, something that tickled me about the start of the film was how much of a heavy smoker John McClane had turned into. I know. What's that about? <laughs> I don't remember him smoking at all in the first one. But... Chain smoking <laughs> within the first half an hour, wasn't it? It was literally light up, put it out, light it, up. Eventually, or, you know, spoiler alert, it's all revealed that it's, it's so he's got a zippo in his pocket at a crucial moment later on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, <laughs> it's it's a good point. expected to be running through the tunnels later on and just having to stop and get lean up against the wall and just get bloody hell, hang, hang on a minute, and just cough. <laughs> Cough up his lungs. <laughs> uh, it would have been ironic if he'd have run out of fuel. Yeah. That's not ironic. They're having a tense conversation around the radar or something like that. And he just, for God's sake, John, can you stop coughing? And he's just like, <laughs> clutching his chest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absurd the amount that he smokes in this. Yeah. Did he use yeah. his lighter to light those uh, those rags that he was going to yeah. try to land? Yeah. Yeah, right. I wonder if they I wonder if they were selling that lighter, you know, as merchandise uh, tied into the movie. Well, you'd be fooled not to. <laughs> John McLean's cigarettes. <laughs> yes, let's let's have the whole health package ready for you. And there's somebody who'd buy them. Yeah. Yes, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would have done. I used to buy death when they came out, so before the warnings, which are now packed cigarettes, they used to call death cigarettes, and it used to be a skull and crossbones on the front. It used to be, and I used to get them from the, the specialist tobacconist in, in Crewe, where I was. They were some of the best cigarettes I've ever had. That's they were just wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, so they it backfired, everyone, because I ended up, uh, I was going to say smoking more. I couldn't have smoked like No more. filter is guaranteed to give you cancer. <laughs> I used to smoke little roll-ups. You used to smoke mental cigarettes when I met you. Uh, yeah, and like silk at 100s. Might as well not bother. They were like extra long cigarettes. Extra long with very little enjoyment. It's yeah, a, but you know. The, the, last, the last pod I came on, I really fancied a drink, and now this pod, I'm really, really fancying a uh, cigarette. Oh, you know. <laughs> you don't smoke, though, do you, Dom? Get to trouble. No, no, but, uh, you know, sometimes, just like now, I've got a fair bit of whiskey inside me, just, uh, just <laughs> all the stuff about smoking. It's a cigar then, yeah. Oh, very nice. Are you a cigar man? No, mainly because I, you know, the only time I'd ever smoke them was at social occasions like wed- weddings or birthdays, and you have to just disappear outside these days for an hour and a half. So it's like not the most sociable <laughs> thing to do. It's like, really fancy a cigar. I'll see you in 90 minutes. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bill Clinton liked a cigar, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> me, me and Slick Willie have got more than one thing in common here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, Monica liked a cigar or two as well, didn't she? I knew that was coming next. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, sorry. Right. Uh... Can we um, can we just talk about the the lack of CGI? I mean that. I mean oh, there, was there was CGI. CGI. There was CGI, but and it's it was nice very to see sets. When it's it was. nice to see actual sets. It's nice to see a plane crash where it's not all digitized. It's not green screen. That's actually the wreckage of a plane behind you. I miss that. And this is why I love 80 films so much. It's why I like most 90 <laughs> films so much because there's less CGI. And now you can put anyone anywhere and it all looks a bit false. 
mm. but there was a lot of green screen in this one yeah, like when he was... ejects from the plane yeah okay that that's you know that's definitely one yeah uh, you know it's funny because uh i well, but look at that plane the at trailer. the end yeah but look at the plane plane thing at the end you're, you're taxiing the plane down the runway he's not standing on a board in california being yeah. filmed he's actually on the well the stunt double is on the plane but the close-ups and everything are well, that's like how filmmaking used to be and should be. But I, I going to go back. That trailer that you showed in the beginning was not the trailer that I remember seeing. We saw where John McClane ejected in the plane, like where it was spoiled for us. Oh, okay. And no, no. And you saw his that was face. our trailer. That was the oh, yeah? UK trailer, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. What I did find quite funny, that it was a British joke, hmm. was when... Uh, they were up um, on Windsor Flight 114. Obviously, <laughs> Windsor's a made-up flight. They all are. Yeah. Uh, and then the stewardess gets asked, are we going to get there? She's like, oh, yes, we're just like British Rail. We may be late, but we'll get you there. It's like, <laughs> well, you, might not be a, yeah. you might not be alive when you get there, but we'll get you there. We may be late and you'll possibly suffer a fiery death. Oh, <laughs> God, we'd be crisped. Yeah, yeah. Blimey. Did you, did you, is, it, is, it, is that a good thing to put in from a US perspective? Does everyone go, no. I don't know what they're talking about, but. I, I yeah, just, just... Why, why pick on the British? You know, if they could, any country, they had like 159 countries they could have picked for the one that they plowed into the tarmac and they ch- blatantly choose the British because. Nobody really cares if it's us that gets done. We still got a grudge with that war that we had with you. I just think we're everyone's favourite uh, victims, aren't we? We surely could have plowed a you know, plane load of French people into the ground or <laughs> Russians these days. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you trust the Allies. You know, I it? agree, they're French. Boys <laughs> again. No, I'm kidding. You still have no, forgotten, forgotten freedom fries, have you, Joe? Yeah, okay. No, okay, I, I, I get it. I get that. it. That old British lady, you know, and I thought she was it was nervous. The way the British passengers were were portrayed to have panicked. In reality, I'm sure in that sort of situation, that they would have just looked stoically ahead, stiff up a lip, you know, maybe sipping a cup of tea. Well, we did all applaud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, well done, hooray! What I like to see pilot of the pilot is Colm Meaney. He was Chief O'Brien in Star yeah. Trek Generation, and he's also okay. in. <clears throat> A lot of films where his thick Irish accent comes out. Wasn't and yet in this Sweeney? one, he couldn't possibly be. Oh, probably, yeah, maybe uh, from an early, from an early age. But yes, yeah, so, so, well, where the bloody hell have you been? <laughs> like he'd never talk like that. I mean, I know his real accent. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I thought they dubbed him in the very first line that he said because it didn't sound like him at all. That might have been. I mean, because otherwise, I don't think he could pull off. But I think it, what they should have done is they should make seats out of that that doll that survived. That way you would survive. That um, I thought it's pretty dark. <laughs> if you think about that is dark, Joe. The fact, no, no, that joke was dark, but that's in a good way. But yeah, the the fact that they do crash this plane, you know, he ineffectually waves his torch, doesn't have any effects, and they're all murdered. You know, three hundred odd people and it's not really referred to that much in the film again is it and um yeah it's pretty i don't know many films would have shown that that mass murder it would have been narrowly avoided or something but yeah it's pretty pretty dark hmm. mm. uh and meanwhile um no planes are landing at all winter 114 crashes 
it's fire everywhere. And the report, so two things. One, the planes up there don't see any of this because they're too high up, potentially. But she gets onto the air, she gets onto the runway in about 10 minutes. Hmm. And she's there with it in the background. And I'm like, you wouldn't have been allowed it. Realistically, you wouldn't have been allowed anywhere near that. Then there would have been a sort of cordon around it. But yeah, why couldn't they use the um, t- take the uh, take the positives from a very bad situation? And the thing uh, that surprised me was the fact that you'd got that plane winds and flight one one four crashing. Yet everyone's still in the airport. Did they not see that crash? That's a all? good point. Yeah. It's not until the journalist stick on the plane later on in the film is broadcast live that everybody seems to be tuned into this channel for some reason, that then it's pandemonium, everybody's trying to get out the airport. Oh. But surely if you if there was a plane crash at the airport, you would have heard it, you the mean chances if, are yeah. you'd have seen it or heard it, surely. Yeah. And and the people in the airport go, we're watching this reporter stood with plane wreckage on planes on fire <laughs> behind her, and none of them are going, oh god, is that the reason why they're all delayed? Is something going on? What that, yeah. that happened to my my family who are coming in from Fresno or whatever? And nobody 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 even seems to ask the question. It's like, think, all right, okay. Luckily, it's just a plane full of Brits. That's what that's what the message is there. I think really, it's. Uh... I, I think you're right. It's like that was just the British. You, you went through a period. You went through a period in the nineties where you just made films where we were the bad guys. Because I mentioned Cliffhanger, and I remember John Lithgow from Cliffhanger. He couldn't have been more. I mean, I know he's American, but he couldn't have been more English if he tried. We still do. <laughs> you don't, because there's no baddies anymore in films, Joe. We've discussed this. Well, we can't even use the Russians anymore. So it's like, anyway. Well, I don't know, have, maybe they we were... have Hunt for Red October, where the Russian, the one Russian that that means anything is a good guy anyway enough about uh ramius um so yeah i i, I think it's i mean the, the 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 miscasting marv down in the tunnels he's the yeah. owner of the gun club in beverly hills cock 2 and you put those two together and you go it, i mean go and have a look at the two of them together and you go really yeah. Mm. How apart was this? Three years. He looks like he's aged 15 years. Mm, but Yeah, he kind of stuck out as he just didn't belong there. Really? I yeah. didn't like the line, just like Iwo Jima. That's yeah. ridiculous. And the other line I didn't like, and the only line I didn't like Bruce Willis saying, which is the one in the trailer, is this what you expected or something? Or no, this is just the beginning. That is a rubbish line. Hmm. The rest of it's amazing. Um, sliding doors moment. So when the counter terrorist unit come, and then he's not allowed to go into the, the yeah, briefing room. Civilian. Yeah. Oh, if he'd have been allowed into the briefing room, then he would never have worked out to go and intercept Esperanza's plane. Oh, it's what if, Joe? What if he would have been up there? Nobody would have listened to him. He got frustrated, but he would have missed his chance. And then the factually incorrect, and I was thinking about you, Joe, at this point. Um, where do we get the lights from? Borrow them from Batman. Batman never had those lights. The yeah. police had the lights, 
And I was like, why are they going to borrow from Batman? He doesn't have any. The bat signal's always lit up from the police station. See? That right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Why would he have know. lights to yeah, signal Yeah, because it's a calling light for Batman, isn't it? Well, maybe Batman could have called Commissioner Gordon and then he could have turned them on. What would have his symbol been like? So that all of these lights just flashing around everywhere, like lightsabers. <laughs> like, wait a minute, can somebody just tell me which one I should be looking at? That's grave. <laughs> oh, dear. So, did we like the scene in the plane where Esperanza lands and he goes, freedom, bang, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I, I like the scene yeah. before that when, when Bruce Willis climbs out that um, grill, that manhole cover on the runway. Yeah. Seems a bit implausible, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt that that does actually happen. And um, I remember when I watched it for the first time, that that kind of got me more than other parts of this film because at one point it looks like the thing's going to land on top of him. Like yeah. Arms. yeah that, that, was, um, that was quite good. I like that scene. One thing I had a bit of an issue with was when he'd, when he'd gone to the plane that lands at Esperanzo's, like, uh, piloted, and he, he gets on the plane, and then, like, the crew turn up to pick up Esperanzo, and then uh, they then decide to lob a load of grenades. Bloody hell, they took ages to go off. Yeah, I felt that way too. Especially customised, yeah. Within like four <laughs> seconds, they'd have. Yeah, boomed. it's usually one, two, three, throw, boom. Yeah. And like, it took at least 10, 12 seconds. No, I, I looked oh, at, I looked at the trivia time and it was 37 seconds <laughs> for the first one. Up, yeah. Enough for him to get strapped into a chair, pull the ejector uh, lever, poof up, and then kaboom. Yeah. Took his drink. He could have had a cigarette on the way up as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a light. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's, well, yeah, that that annoyed me. Actually. Yeah, like a stewardess could have popped her head in from the rear and said, "Please fasten your seatbelt, sir." <laughs> I'm not sure that was even the most unrealistic thing about that scene either. Really, was the it was more the fact that he actually survived that huge explosion. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and he manages to land with a little quip. What was it? Uh, Where's the effing door as he's tangled up in the oh, parapet? Oh, God, yeah. Or, like, they shoot, <laughs> where's the effing ambulance? Because I've been horribly burnt and maimed in there. My spine is now residing out somewhere. And I forgot, place. were they shooting at him while he was in his parachute? No, no. they didn't bother. Uh, why not? Because the police came. Because the police are coming in to get out of there. What a dance guy. <laughs> Which yeah. actually gives credence to your point, Joe. If they're so worried about the police, and, and it wasn't the police that were coming, it was just fire engines, in which case they would have stood there and just had, had all the guns and presumably they had some grenades left over. They wouldn't have been scared of the fire. Oh, I was about to well, say like, fire, like fire, Amanda said, fire, it's firefighters. But yeah, like we're the screen doctors right now and like the armchair quarterbacks. Um, mm. and, you know, it's too bad like we weren't part of the writing team, but again, it doesn't matter. It was a fun movie. When I saw it, I enjoyed it thoroughly, like when I was in my younger days. But now that we're older, we're a little bit more cranky. But we still, we're still not going to change our schools because we still have a – well, I think universally, even your low school, Joe, we, it's liked. You know, it's we, we, I could watch this. I could go down and watch it again now. I just, Speaking great. of my score, I just wanted to say I looked on IMDb. The critic score for this movie is a 7.1 out of 10. You know, I don't know anything. 
the uh, audience score for this movie is a 7.1 out of 10. So they all agree What's with on me. Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, while, uh, you're doing, while you're doing that, can I ask look. a question and, and everyone be honest? Did everyone get the fact that the counterterrorism unit was on his side all the time yeah. when you watched it for the first time? So the first time, yeah. I didn't. I I didn't get. Oh it. no! The first time, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't get the blue and red. No, I, thought, I did pick I up the on red it, was armor piercing. It, this is on trivia. This is the trivia on INDB. One of them is people actually thought that the red was armor piercing, and I was like, "That's exactly what I thought when I saw it." One of them is a lesser bullet. One of them is a armor piercing bullet. But I didn't no. guess that they were all in on it. The first time I watched it, I noticed that it was the red and the blue, and I thought, "Hmm." Blues must be blanks. There's right, no one's okay. getting dead. Yeah. Tom, Joe, do you, did you guess it or did you just think that? I didn't spot the bullets, but I think, you know, the the guy that plays the major, he, he gives you a bit of a nod and a wink every so often that, you know, he's not necessarily everything that he's um, appears to be, I, I would say. Right. <clears throat> no, I didn't. I thought he was a good guy. I mean, he defended McLean at some point and says, you know, I'm, you know, you're my guy and all that. And I was like, well, yeah, that's he tells what you focus on. To go mm. and do something else. Maybe. Yeah. Do something nasty. <laughs> and direct traffic or something. Um, yeah. The bit where uh, <laughs> I thought it was quite funny was after that bit uh, with all the uh, sled riding and stuff. And then obviously he, John makes it back to HQ. <laughs> in one piece still look just don't know how having been blown up from a bloody what they called sled things snow skis no, no, no. is that what they're called they're not called sled skis are they never heard <laughs> yeah. that term before but... snowmobiles no uh, snowmobiles yeah. that's it i was <laughs> struggling to find the word yesterday as well sled skis <laughs> sled ski. i didn't say sled skis no speeches <laughs> 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 um, uh, I've lost my train of thought. Oh no! So they get back, and then that's when the journalist Dick releases the footage uh, live, and then we get the classic: everybody's panicking, getting out of the airport, and what do we have? Cop car pilot. <laughs> yes. The eighties. The eighties. Straight nineties. Apart from the fact they only like. I had to drive five meters because there were so many people there anyway, and it was the taxi that got in the way. So that was it. Everybody came to a halt, didn't they? But it didn't last very long. But I thought it was a little bit of a nod to the eighties with the cop car, car pilot. I thought, I thought the scene funny. you were going to refer to was the one where McLean um, demonstrates their blanks by shooting the yeah. Point blank range. Um, <laughs> risking one of his uh, colleagues just whipping a pistol out and blowing his head off. <laughs> and everyone's got guns pointed at McLean. Why yeah. wouldn't they just shoot him? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, uh, minor minor annoyance. They so I have my the, data. Oh, okay. In a minute. They get I'm into sorry. the church. It's wired with C4. Even if that was proper C4, it's probably just a battery with lights. But he says, oh, you need to evacuate. He goes, yeah. no, 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 I can land the planes with this. Um, auditor alert. Wouldn't you risk assess the situation and go, do you know what? I'll take my chances. I'll land a couple of planes. I'll land as many as I can. And if it takes me out, then I'll be a hero. And if nothing happens, then I would have I would have saved hundreds of lives. 
Why wouldn't he have just gone, who's in charge here? And who is in charge? Is it John Amos? Is it the guy that, the head of the counterterrorism? And does he assume it was just Carmine go, oh, just stay in there. That's fine. We'll, we'll go off and we'll, uh, we'll intercept him. But you land as many planes as you possibly can. I would have done that. If I was the only person with knowledge, I would have gone, I, I will take my chances to save, to save people. Could have got about 10 planes in by the time it goes off. If it, if it ever mm. did go off, but I mean, he, he'd always be remembered. Sadly, it probably comes in as an afterthought in when they made the TV movie of this movie. <laughs> Real life pot- potential, but still. Jeez. Disney owns the rights to Die Hard, man. I hope they don't reboot this series or remake it. They're, oh, look, they're trying so hard with Back to the Future. They are resisting <laughs> so much. Again, it's not happening. But I've been told that when it comes to the um, 40th anniversary, um, Robert Zemeckis is going to release, and I know his name comes in every podcast, they're going to release the Zemeckis cut, um, the Stoltz cut. <clears throat> he said, because it's not fair that we're sitting on this. We'll show you and we'll tidy it all up and we'll give you Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. I believe that. It's not nice. needed. It is needed. It's not needed. It's needed. Need it for Charlie. It's need it it rubbish. Look, there's my there's my <clears throat> doctor poster. <clears throat> Can't see it. Yeah, you could put that right next to a 4K <laughs> version. In fact, I am of, going uh, to. Do you know what? Real genius. Just, just for people watching it on YouTube. <laughs> so I'll probably get sued. It's fine. But there, there is the proper po- po- poster. It's like Jack White. How it should have looked. Jack White. <laughs> How it should have looked. But anyway. We got Michael J. Fox, and it's a perfect film. So, but I do want to see the other one. So, if we're coming to the end of the film, what did we think about the final set piece? Did we think it was? It was good? long. That runway was well long, wasn't it? Not as long as the runway in Fast and Furious Six, apparently. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Which is where they're chasing planes and supercars, and somebody—I think it was Mark <laughs> Kermode—worked out how long the runway would have had to have been with how fast they were going. It was about three miles. How far they travelled? No, it was thirty-seven and a half miles. <laughs> so that's how fast. That's how far the runway would have needed to be for that scene to have seemed to have been filmed. <laughs> but yeah, they, it, it went on for quite a long time. So it did, didn't it? Hmm. Yeah. That's like here to Birmingham and, and sort of back. Um, but again, I liked the fact that it's not a CGI plane. It's a plane and it's just mm. people are doing stunts and making you believe the magic of films. And that's why. It was a very simple solution, wasn't it? The fuel dump. I, I remember watching this in the cinema from when I, you know, when it first came out, and I thought it was a brilliant ending to the film at the time. Mm. So you call it simple, but simple as ineffective. I thought, um, yeah, you know, the fuel's leaking and he gets his light out and you know shoots up and bang, there you go. I thought it was really creative and brilliant. And it is. It's a great. It's great. I mean, forget you know. We, again, we could be armchair critics on this and say, oh, well, you know, when it mixes with the snow, it wouldn't have lit up and stuff like that. But so, do you know what? If you start applying that to everything, you'll enjoy. Oh, nothing. it probably would. It's quite highly volatile, isn't it? Air, air fuel. What if it lands on snow and mixes with water? Then suddenly it doesn't become flammable. I mean, I don't know, but well, the amount that it was chugging out. But I, you know, it's nice for us. To, this is this is what I like about this podcast, and it's like I, I like when we're all on. We can all take gentle digs on it and have a bit of fun. 
you know and but it doesn't take away from the fact that we we all love the we all love the film in that way and you know we do see it for, for the good popcorn proper blockbuster that it is and equally we can go see the karate kid and you're the only one that likes it amanda and the rest of us hate it <laughs> and go why was this made so yeah that, that's the beauty i think in action films first oh job she's frozen oh she's back i'm not it's to what? entertain, and uh, and this film entertained. I thought the end. I thought the start was good. I thought the end was good. The middle, nah. But um, yeah, the ending with the Zippo lighter and the jet fuel igniting was, was quality. And the yippee ki yay! Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, get- I mean, in the end of the movie, I mean, I'm just saying when you watch the movie, especially when you're younger and you watch it in the '80s, all you want to do is you want to see Bruce Willis kill people, a lot of people. And survive at the end, and the mission accomplished. Yeah, we were happy. You know, that's all we needed when we were younger. But yeah, yeah. again, we're a little bit more critical now. It's like, well, yeah, you know, this really wouldn't have happened, but it's still a fun movie to watch. Hmm. And you look at the, of course, you look at the wasted opportunity. I, I really like Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think it's a good film, and I think it's because of Samuel L. Jackson, and it's because of the chemistry between the two of them. But they wasted the, that opportunity of, you know, this is Hans Gruber's brother, you know, and you're like, right, okay, fine, okay, you can shoehorn this in, you know. The ending of how um, Jeremy Irons dies at the end of Die Hard is, is, is almost like, oh, and then the credits, credits roll, you're like, well, that was quick. You know, 60 seconds ago, everything was all, was all bad, and then it, it, it sorts itself out in final minute. And you're like, that's not a satisfying ending. So you, they spoiled a really good film in there. But with this one, definitely. Well, I think there's a natural success of this. You've got Die Hard, Die Hard 2, and then Die Hard 3 should have been The Rock. I think that's the only other action, for, as in the film The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson. But, um, right. yeah, you know, Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage. What, what, what a brilliant film that is. And that's the it only is. other action film like this I can think of that's just <laughs> well-written and plotted and... Um, um, mm. creative as, as this so so for me you know i i wonder if there is actually a link because you know um there are similarities between between the films as well but yeah that's that's for me if i was gonna have like a triple bill you talked about the double bill played in the wrong order you went to in telford back <laughs> in the 90s uh, i would say die hard die hard to the rock would be a, a fun evening out uh joe you said you had stats i i can tell you that this film made double what die hard did I also know my stats are that from Rotten Tomatoes, and this is the critics' tomato meter, it got a 69%. Oof. The audience score, based at a 250,000 plus ratings, is 70%. But it ties in with what you scored it then, Joe. Well, that, that's uh, kind of, yeah. I, I, I think for films of the 80s, I, I don't think that's reflective because. If you've got people watching it now, they demand more. They demand the CGI and they demand everything else. And when they don't get it, they probably go, well, that was no good. I don't know what everyone was going on about. If you watched it in the cinema, which I think we all did, if you watched it in the cinema at that time, you're like, you came out of that going, oh, amazing. That's yeah, amazing. It's brilliant. rating, isn't it? Yeah. That's what's happening. Absolutely. Um, just before we go into uh, trivia time, which we will, um, <clears throat> There is one final thing that I wanted to discuss, and that was in the counterterrorism unit, the guy was replaced by Telford uh, because the guy that was there was had uh, appendicitis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So once you've uncovered this uh, huge plot and everything else, what's the guy with appendicitis? Is anyone going to go and check and check, arrest him? Basically, for being part of a conspiracy, and he's the only one that gets put on trial, and it becomes like the biggest trial, like Michael Jackson or something like that. You put this guy on trial and go, tell me, unravel this conspiracy. He must know been, about it. He must it know everything cool. about it. It would have been cool if he was a villain from a for another movie for another sequel, and Ooh. maybe it was Stallone, maybe it was Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> John Matrix. No, no. What's a Dutch predator? Oof. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking crossovers. Maybe like, actually did have appendicitis. Yeah. I can I can visualize the start of the film now. He's doing pull-ups, and as he does a pull-up, he's got his little little scar just on his left hand side of his tummy. And that, that's how you know it's him. That's how you know it's him. I think we should be writers, Joe. I think you were right earlier. You were correct. We <laughs> Let's develop our own writers' room. Let edit mm-hmm. this out of the pod at Charles, not because it's terrible, but because, you know, this is... <laughs> oh, no, everything stays in. I'm lazy when it comes to editing. It just stays in unless we've, we've done something horrible, like, you know, holding people out of windows by their uh, by their legs. And God forbid we say stuff like that. Um, anyway, let's go to trivia time. Here is trivia time. Trivia time. So let's get some quick fire trivia because one of them is, and I'm having to read this out the computer, so I might not be staring at you as I normally do, or lovingly, of course. Um, the it says after the film's initial release in theaters, it played on TBS. Joe, what's TBS? That's Turner Broadcasting System. Ted Turner's uh, okay TV channel. Okay, which was heavily dubbed uh, for content by voice actors. These dubs were noted for sounding nothing like the actors who played their respective roles. Most noteworthy, McLean's f- famous line, Yippie Kaye M- MFs, was dubbed into Yippie Kaye Mr. Falcon. There is no character in the film named Mr. Falcon, apart from Esperanza's code name is Falcon. Oh my God, that's quite funny. Yippie Kaye Mr. Falcon. I've been expecting you, Mr. Bond. <laughs> They had to do that stuff. I mean, I know they did that for Scarface. And Scarface, back in the day, had the most F-words in a movie. Uh, <laughs> you should try to look at that version of that movie, you know, where it's TBS, I think, had aired that one. Uh, and while we're on it, I'm trying to search for a version of Crocodile Dundee. I don't know if this just popped up. There's a bit in Crocodile Dundee where he comes out of the pub and there's two women there. And the hookers and basically said, Oh, looks like we just have to give you one for free. Cause yeah, they're like him, the sin on the TV or something. He goes, Oh yeah. One, what? Right. Hilarious. Fish out of water. Wonderful. The pimp comes up and he goes, uh, yeah, I was just talking to these ladies and I was getting somewhere and he winks. If you know what I mean, as in like sling your hook. Now the original says, well, you're going to stand there or you're going to F F them. And at that point, he smiles and then smacks him and knocks the pimp out. There is no record of that version anywhere. I have looked. I have searched. I've tried to find a version. I can't find it. The altered line is, and it's so poorly dubbed, are you going to stand there or are you going to screw them? And you're like, don't mess with films. Are we talking about a dream you once had or something? No, that's absolutely (laughs) true. When when you go back, it's so poorly dubbed that you do remember the original. And then you're going to be late for school. Get up. 
<laughs> no, it's true. Isn't that a Mandela effect? What's that? Mandela effect. You never heard of that? No. no. It's where people have sworn to have seen something back in the past and that they were changed. And they feel like it, it could be like an alternate universe sort of thing that has, has crossed for our own universe where we might have seen things that actually existed. Because back in the day, people were convinced that Nelson Mandela had died. And then they were shocked when they heard in the news like 20 years later that uh, he was he just uh, had died again. And uh, so people had sworn that they had heard that he had died previously. And there's a lot of that stuff. Uh, I, I can't think of all the, the uh, Mandela effects, but there's a ton of them. Like, I, did you ever hear of the Bernstein Bears? It's like uh, I don't know like Bernstein who broke Watergate story, but I don't think it's related somehow. Bernstein Bears was like a animated uh, kids show about bears, family of bears. But when you look at the spelling of it, uh, it's not Bernstein; it's Berenstein. And people will go to the grave saying that they were always Bernstein Bears, and something had happened. And when they go back to their own videos and they see that it says berenstein instead of bernstein like it, they're convinced that something happened throughout the universe that changed things for us and that only a few people remember this so you might be one of those people that see that as a mandela effect with crocodile dundee i'll find you evidence i, I, okay. I mean it's so badly dubbed that there is another word that should be in there so i'm exactly right huh questioning my 80s uh 80s recollection how rude Anyway, a bit like correction, isn't it? Correction, yeah. In uh, for those who watch the uh, what's it called, the capture, the capture, yeah, yeah. It's a BBC drama. Uh, some quick fire writing, like yeah. what happened on CCTV, basically making it look like oh, it's, it's very annoying in parts. Um, first time Holly's seen on the plane, the woman sitting next to her is reading a magazine advertising the VHS release of Lethal Weapon 2. Is uh, it, yeah. That's yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah. I, I did like that one. According to the director in the DVD commentary, the shooting was originally going to take place in Washington around wintertime. When the crew got there, it was uncharacteristically warm. It was the mid-50s. This prompted the crew to travel throughout the northwest and back in search of snow, which seemed to melt wherever they arrived. Yeah. Most of the time, the snow was either trucked in from Canada or was made up of an assortment of lookalike snow, paper flakes, potato flakes, marble dust, rock salt. Um, however, when the crew was in Colorado to film the snowmobile chase, they had to set up blankets of fake snow. When a massive blizzard with temperatures well below freezing swept the state and the shooting had to be shut down. So it's like we ordered snow and now we can't because we've got snow. So we've got to shut down the thing that we've got. So, yeah. Um. John McTurnan, so was due to be back to direct this film. So the director of Die Hard was going to come back, but couldn't because he was uh of his commitment to the hunt for Red October. And oh, how glad how glad that I uh, that, that that he couldn't in, in that way because we'd never have got Hunt for Red October. Um you uh, think we, we would have never gotten Hunt for Red October? No, but I think you found a perfect you found a perfect moment in time. You saw you know, Alec Baldwin <clears throat> on the rise. You know, you saw. I mean, Alec Alec Baldwin was good. I mean, he's not having a good time now, but um, you know, Alec Baldwin was good in the films that he was in, and he will always be my Jack Ryan um, because he's the closest closest to the people. You know, the 
the character in the books. It's a bit like when we talk about Timothy Dalton as being the best Bond. No, you do. And Joe. Joe, Joe yeah, has I do a, too. Yeah, yeah. It's because he's closest to the books. And fine. If you've read the books, then it, it all makes sense. If you haven't read okay. the books, you go, who's this guy? And I know that's going to anger. I know that's going to anger Dom. Here we go. Man, Mandela effect. I just I went down a rabbit hole of looking at Mandela effect that uh, Joe was just referring to. Maybe okay. maybe Timothy Dalton being the best Bond is is one of those you've misremembered. <laughs> <laughs> the atoms have shifted, but it's really weird. Look, look, where do you think is New Zealand in relation to Australia? Apparently, these days it's to the um, southeast. But I. It says there is a community of people who claims to remember New Zealand being northeast instead of southeast. Oh god, no! It's always been south. Well, I know it's south, but I didn't know. Got to uh, Earthers. Well, wow. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You probably remember the line "Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all?" You may be shocked to learn then that the line actually began with the phrase "magic mirror on the wall" instead. Wow. Well, it's the oh, same we found thing with Jaws. With Jaws, you know, when we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, that's you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, yeah. Some weird stuff going on there, glitching the matrix, I think. But um, no, that's I'm going to look into that. I've I've become a bit interested in simulations and things recently, Joe. So okay, yeah. definitely you can dive very deep into that hole with the Mandela effect. Uh, Swear protection into that hole tonight. <laughs> it does say here that the f word is used sixty times in the movie. I double that. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I know, I need to, we need to get to... Uh, we need to stop. We need to stop in a moment. You think, wait, they said it was 60 times. You thought it was more? Oh, it's more. I don't know about that. Loads more. No. Well, it was Loads mostly more. Willis and uh, Dennis Franz, right? <laughs> Saying the F word. Mm, it's more. I think there are... Uh, I think there are different versions of this movie, and now we're talking about the Mandela effect. <laughs> I, I, right after this on WhatsApp, I'm going to put the Crocodile Dundee thing, and I know I'm right. Oh, I know I'm 100 percent right. I've told you, I, I sent you yesterday why Die Hard was a Christmas movie. That's right. It's fine. There's no, there's no, there's no, sometimes there's no need for discussion. Anyway, there's the end of trivia time because otherwise we'd be here all day. We would. Anyway, that draws to a close. That one. Um, the first of the Christmas films, the second one being, do we announce it now? Can we allow to say? We can do. You're the boss. Who, who wants to? Who wants to announce it via the medium of a scene in the film, and not me? I'll not do it. I won't do it. Okay. No, no takers from Dom or Joe. Oh, no, okay. you should. Uh... I'll go. Harry! <laughs> oh, damn. How bricks many tricks did you have? <laughs> bricks in the face. <laughs> bricks in the face. Uh, nothing. Nothing screams Christmas than someone getting uh, getting, getting electrocuted, <laughs> then uh, getting a bag of bag of spanners on the head. Yes, it's Christmas. Um, uh, yes, we're going to be doing Home Alone too, and we'll do that. We'll nearer. have a special guest. Uh, we do. We'll we'll be joined by my daughter Amy, and I don't know. Dom, oh, I'm mine. Oh, sorry. Yeah, our daughter. Sorry, um, Dom. Are you, <laughs> all right, I did all the hard work. You bring Isabel, Rose. Well, poss- possibly Rose. Remind yeah. me how old Amy is. How old is she? Amy, it's uh, twelve and a half. I bring. I could bring Rose. She's eleven. I think Isabel's yeah. too, too cool for school these days. 
All right, okay. Well, it shouldn't have to, but she's more than welcome and, and love to because let's have a nice Christmassy thing. We also have to think about uh, the other film, so it's not going to be a spoiler, but I think we've got to do it around in between Christmas and New Year if we've got some time because um, we'll need to at that time. What, a uh, Christmas film or a non-Christmas film? Non-Christmas film. It's back to it's, it's back to uh, sequels. No more no more Christmas films. It's got to be three Christmas films. Okay. We're going to do Aliens. Nothing screams. It's not even uh, December 1st yet, you know, <laughs> and we've done three Christmas films. <laughs> no, we haven't done... No. We'll do three. Right, we'll do two. This one's going going yeah. out in a week's time. Oh, just, okay. All right. So, and then we do two weeks, and then two weeks after that, in between, we'll do aliens. Yeah. So, is a um, Home Alone two? Is that going to be the Donald Trump version? Uh, there's no need that version. I I I'm not keen on censorship. I think it's, in, in many ways, but I I think it's banned in Canada. I think they removed him. Oh, for God's <sighs> sake! Well, it's Canada, in it. Blame Canada. They should, have, they should have crashed a plane load of Canadians, and that would have been a compromise. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know why we haven't taken them over yet. Oh, it would be such an easy victory. It would be like a oh, three-day war. Joe, you never hear the end of it. Believe me, we've got past record of that with Ireland and everywhere, and they just they just you, you just stop never stop giving you a hard time about these things that happened in the past. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not, it's not worth it, really. <laughs> You guys couldn't take over Ireland? I mean, that's Trude- all I'm Trude- going to say. Trudeau would wet himself. <laughs> anyway, not a leader, not a strong leader, as you'd say. Um, drinking his soy lattes. Anyway, let's bring this to a uh, bring this to a close. Um, Joe, just in case this is the first podcast that somebody, just somebody's chosen, and it could be, because if I was rummaging around looking for a new podcast, I'd go, hmm. What I'm in the mood to to, to uh, listen to, um, I probably would have picked Die Hard too. So, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Walt Disney World News Today or WDW News Today. I have a podcast there called Nerd Alert. Charlie shows up from time to time on mm. the show, and he was with us on our um, an, uh, annual Toys for Tots marathon, and he helped us raise a lot of money for the cause and. Very grateful for him being part of Nerd Alert and oh, contributing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I can attest to that. It's a great podcast. So it's always on my rotation, every single new one that comes out. I don't suppose we'll get one next week. We'll get the one, the, the marathon we'll the, one. We'll get the marathon one. Right, okay. Yeah. That's great. I can see how badly my echo affected things, so that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> excellent. Right. Well, we'll see you for Home Alone too. So uh, bye, everyone. What about everybody else? Well, I'm going to say bye, and then everyone else can go. You can't Usually find Matt. me. You can find what? Mr. Junk. Well, Dom, unless unless there's some secret podcast or, or book that you've written, Dom, then I just assume that you... I'm just going to the say, radar. Okay. I'm sure the first draft of that script we talked about earlier, that, that's my, uh, <laughs> my new thing here. So, man. No, I just felt bad for everybody else. It's like, oh, Joe, where can everybody find you? And I told them, and then it's like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> well, you're the only one. Okay. Amanda, Dom. Right, okay. So, Dom, please please tell us about your latest play that you've written and, and how the casting's going. I'll I'll reveal that to the world later. I'll say I'll say farewell, melon farmers. Um, that's goodbye from me tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, Amanda, have you got have you got anything that you want to uh, promote? What's our rusted junk stuff? What the the very podcast that we're on at the moment? You mean that? No, that the one. email and stuff. 
I'll just go to Facebook Messenger and type in um, Rusted Junk. We've got the web page, but it's not ready yet. It will be ready for Home Alone 2. For us to we, we need to get off Facebook and go on to TikTok or something. We need to, um, you know. <sighs> TikTok's banned in this house. Can't have it. Yeah, we don't do TikTok. Oh, I've got an Insta page. Mm-hmm. I did set that up, but it's more pictures, isn't it? You can do video on Instagram. I, I, I believe he says twirling twirling the Oh, are you sure? <laughs> oh, let's get the Zimmer frames out. Are you sure you can do video on Insta? Let's what get are you calling it Insta. Kids? Trying to be down with the kids. It's Instagram. You know, it's, it's not a cup. Of, it's it's not, not a hot chocolate. You don't say the gram, babes. Why? No. What do you call Facebook? Face. No one uses Facebook apart from old people. <laughs> people who need to arrange stuff. It works for people to arrange stuff. It's, it's right. meta, babes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it is. It's meta. Let's meta. kick off then. Right. Right. See you later, everyone. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.